Hello and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Wolves. Today on the show, checking in on the latest trade deadline rumors related to the Wolves. The deadline is this Thursday, just two days away. Run through some of the names that are out there. Give my take on if I think the Wolves will make a move and and uh, the sort of player that they're apparently looking at. What would my preference be if they were to make a move? I also want to give some more context to just how dominant this Timberwolves defense is at this point in the season, more than halfway through the schedule. We'll also look at the Wolves-Bulls matchup for tonight. It's all coming. Welcome in. You are Locked on Wolves. You are Locked on Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your best bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Happy Timberwolves game day. The Wolves are in Chicago to take on the Bulls this evening. We'll preview that towards the end of the show here today. But this is the week of the trade deadline. The Wolves, uh, or I should say the deadline, is two days from now. It's Thursday afternoon. So I want to start the show there, and then I do want to get into some some more historical context, recent historical context for just how good this Timberwolves defense is. It's a packed show. Lots to get to here today. A big thank you here off the top, though, for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow on X at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, uh, trade deadline this Thursday. I've said, going back, I don't know, about a month ago, I think we talked about this on the Minnesota Basketball Party, and I'm sure we'll talk about it on this week's show, which is uh, Wednesdays, if you haven't heard that show before. Um, and, of course, that audio posts right to this feed. Uh, we'll talk more about that later. But um, I've th- I all along have kind of thought it was unlikely the Wolves would make a move. And... I you know I I it certainly seems otherwise like it certainly seems like you know there's there's this uh a lot of national discourse around the Wolves making a move and there's you know uh, Jack Borman you know the editor in chief of Canisupus who's on the basketball party on Wednesdays has said for about a month he thought they'd make a move basically like my take was they're only going to make a move if it's something pretty significant and they decide they're okay with trading Sloma right because Kyle Anderson is roughly 9 million like he's the only major singular trade piece with an expiring deal that they're going to trade, right? Like without going through my whole, the whole reasoning behind this, like real quick, they're not trading cat. They're not trading ant. They're not trading McDaniels. They're not trading Rudy, right? Like those Conley, those guys aren't going anywhere. They're not trading Nas. So what does that leave? It leaves a bunch of guys who teams either don't want or don't make enough money to, to like seriously salary match or both right now. There's some talk out there. There was a report. I think it was Michael Scott of Hoopsype. There's maybe another report, Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report, uh, and, or sorry, of Yahoo. And there was somebody else who were talking about teams asking about Shake Milton, asking about Troy Brown Jr., asking about Wendell Moore Jr. I, like, here's the thing. I don't think anyone's asking about, sh- like, no offense. I like Shake Milton as a player. He hasn't had a good year. I'm not, you know, I don't know that anyone's asking about Shake Milton. Like, hey, we want Shake Milton. Like, that's not what's happening here. I, it can't be. Troy Brown Jr., maybe. I think there's teams that see him as like, hey, 
you know, could he be a fringe rotation guy, a depth piece for us, whatever. Both of those guys have non-guaranteed deals for next year. So they are effectively expiring deals, or if a team really likes them at you know four, roughly four and a half million, I think they each have on their deal for next year, they could pick up that option at the end of the season and keep them around for another year. Like I, I just don't know. Wendell Moore Jr. is maybe like he's in year two. He's got two more years of of quote unquote control under his rookie deal. So th- there could be a team that says, "Hey, look, you know, uh, you know, I don't know the Bulls, for instance. Like basically any team that's kind of like trying to figure out what their next move is, or maybe is looking for a cheap end of rotation type guy with some upside. Like I could absolutely see teams being interested in Wendell Moore. The problem is he doesn't make enough money to like be worth anything as a trade chip on his own to bring anything back for Minnesota. Right, like this season, when Elmore's making two point four million next year, he's two point five million. His club option for the year after next is four and a half million. Like, you can't get anything back if you're the Wolves with that salary. Like, you would include him as maybe in instead of a couple of second round picks, perhaps as an add on to a deal. Like, if if you found somebody for four million or so, and you decided to tra- trade Troy Brown or Shake Milton. Uh, sorry, Shake's five million, Troy Brown's four. I said four and a half, so I averaged them, I guess. Shake's five, Troy Brown's four. So say somebody says, all right, fine, we'll take Shake back, uh, but we want Wendell more and a second. All right, I could see that happening, right? Um, I just don't think teams are banging down the Wolves' door to 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 get Shake Milton or Troy Brown Jr. or Wendell Moore Jr. I just think that's pretty unlikely. So all that to say, like, the Wolves don't have a whole lot to offer. They don't have any first that they can trade. They're not likely going to do a trade that's significant enough to, to be okay with a pick swap. So you're talking seconds from a good team, and they've got some seconds from bad teams, uh, you know, kind of on their pick ledger that they could move. But basically seconds, <laughs> Wendell Moore, Troy Brown, and Shake. And, like, I, I'd be surprised if they traded Josh Minot. I, I maintain that I think there's a shot he gets rotation minutes next year. They're not going to trade Leonard Miller. Like, there's no reason to do that, right? So what is there out there of interest? Well, the names that are being mentioned as potential targets for the Wolves, obviously Tyus Jones. We've talked about that a lot. I've talked about that on the show. That's not happening. I just don't think that's happening. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Tyus Jones. Um, Alec Burks is a new one of De- of Detroit. Bones Highland, Monty Morris, and DeLon Wright. Now, Obviously, there's there's a uh, a theme there. They're all guards, for the most part, point guards. A couple of them are a little bit more higher usage, like an Alec Burks or a Bones Highland. I don't have a whole lot of interest in either of them, um, and I don't think either of them are like it. Just it just wouldn't make sense to me, especially Bones Highland. Um, so I want to, and and I don't think Tyus Jones is a significant. Like that's not probably going to happen either. It'd be hard to match that salary. You'd have to trade Kyle Anderson, and he's a free agent after this year. So like. What's the upside there? I mean, yeah, he he would be like probably the best backup point guard in the league, but it's again tough to match the salary. You're going to give up at least a couple of seconds in addition to Kyle Anderson. You're rocking the rotation, the, the rotation boat, and then now you're also going to have to like who's going to play the Kyle Anderson minutes? It's going to have to be Troy Brown Jr., right? Uh, and he's not exactly the same type of player as Kyle Anderson. Yeah, you add shooting. By trading, say, you know, Tyus is in the rotation, Troy Brown's in the rotation, um, your shooting improves, but your defense and your size doesn't. So, like, I know Tyus is a good defender, but he's diminutive, to put it lightly. So, I I love Tyus. Like, if they could get Tyus, great. I just don't think that's a realistic opportunity. And, And 
if they were to trade for Tyus Jones and trade Kyle Anderson out, I'll fully evaluate that deal and, and likely be happy with it if that were to happen. I don't think it's likely. I don't know that it's smart. And, and I'll get in a minute here to more of like the rocking the boat thing because that's what my concern is. The ones that I do think make some sense are Monty Morris and DeLon Wright. Now, they're both good defenders. They're both good catch-and-shoot three-point shooters. Uh, Morris more so than DeLon Wright in terms of his shooting capability. Um, DeLon Wright's a little bit of a better defender. He's obviously older. He's a little bit bigger. Uh, Monty Morris, of course, has the familiarity with Tim Connolly. Tim Connolly drafted him in Denver and apparently tried to trade for him when he was in Washington previously. He's in Detroit now, was hurt for most of the first part of the year. He's played in eight games to this point. Hasn't shot the ball well in these eight games, but for his career, he's a good shooter. I like Monty Morris a lot, and I actually think that would make a lot of sense. Would I trade a second-round pick for him? Yeah. The Wolves actually also have an open roster spot, so they could go two for one and get Monty Morris. Um, I had his contract pulled up here. I'm going to grab it real quick. Um, See, Monty Morris, yeah. Uh, DeLon Wright is the bigger player. DeLon Wright, or Monty Morris is a little bit of a better shooter. Monty, uh, DeLon Wright is a little bit of a better defender. Um, Monty Morris is making $9.8 million this year. Okay, so you're still having to trade. You could trade. You could combine Shake Milton and Troy Brown Jr. to get Monty Morris. You're going to obviously need to include at least one pick. That's probably doable. And if it's on the table, I would seriously consider it. If I'm Tim Connolly, I think I think that's that's something you'd have to look at. Delon Wright, on the other hand, um, again, he's a little bit bigger. He's six five. Uh, solid wingspan. He's a plus defender for sure. This year, his role shrunk a bit in Washington, um, and he's only shooting, well, he's shooting 37% from three. Last year, he was only 34.5%. For his career, he's only 35%, but he's a good enough shooter. I, I would trust him more with more consistency than Jordan McLaughlin from outside the arc, and he's certainly a better defender uh, in part due to his size. Now, he hasn't played, like, for whatever this is worth, he hasn't played really meaningful playoff minutes since he was with Toronto, like, six years ago. Uh, he played in the playoffs with Dallas a couple of years ago, four years ago. He played in the playoffs with Atlanta two years ago. Uh, but both of those were one-and-done series. And, you know, I guess he was a, a pretty significant rotation guy with Atlanta but and, and played pretty well. Uh, but overall, hasn't played a ton of significant rotation minutes on good teams, right? Like, he's been in Washington for a couple of years. He was in Atlanta the year before that, uh, and that team was ended up being pretty good. Uh, before that on a bad Sacramento team, before that on a bad Detroit team, mixed in there on a bad Memphis team. So like DeLon Wright, you know, I have some concerns there. His contract this year is 8.1 million. So kind of the same deal. Like you're trading either Kyle Anderson or Shake plus Troy Brown to do that. And and I, I would not trade Kyle Anderson for DeLon Wright. I would not trade Kyle Anderson for Monty Morris. I just don't think that gets you where you need to go. And my concern then is, Rocking the boat for a marginal improvement, right? I mean, that's what you'd be doing. Is it worth rocking the boat of the number one seed in the West or or tied for the number one spot in the Western Conference, a team that's been a top four NBA team all season long, worth it for a potentially marginal upgrade? Here's the thing. I think Troy Brown Jr. is every bit as impactful as a rotation. I know he's not a point guard, but every bit as impactful, impactful as a rotation guy than any of these other players. And I think the combination of Kyle Anderson and Nikhil Alexander-Walker running the second unit, I know that the conventional wisdom from a national perspective, people that don't watch this team regularly, might be, oh, well, their backup point guard is Jordan McLaughlin, so yeah, you need a backup point guard. Well, yeah, 
I said that in the offseason. Like, I wanted the Wolves to go after Javon Carter. You know, that was my take on the offseason. Instead, they brought in Shake Milton and Troy Brown Jr. and uh, brought back to kill Alexander Walker. So, like, that that was my offseason take was, yeah, you need a backup point guard. And they went about it a different way. So I'd be a little surprised if now, in February, they say, you know what, we should have gotten a backup point guard. And, and maybe part of the calculus was we think one of these guys will be available, whether it's Tyus or Monty Morris or Alec Burks or Bones Highland or DeLon Wright. And, and maybe all along, Tim Connolly was like, let's see how this works. Well, I don't know. I think it's worked pretty well. I know they're middle of the pack offensively, obviously, but... They're first in the West. Like, I don't know that it's worth it to trade an asset like a second-round pick or two or more plus a couple of guys in Shake Milton and especially Troy Brown Jr. who were rotation guys on playoff teams last season for somebody who's been on a bad team all year that may or may not be an upgrade. I just don't think that makes a ton of sense. If the Wolves make a move, I think it's going to be something minor. A second-round pick plus... uh, Shake Milton or whatever you got to do to match salaries. I would be disappointed if the Wolves traded out Troy Brown Jr. I think he has value on this team. And I I I think that his do stuff ability, his catch and shoot ability, his hustle, the 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 little bit, not an edge, but like the the pop that he gives the rotation when he plays is valuable. And I don't think trading an asset like a second round pick plus him for a marginal upgrade makes a whole lot of sense. Why rock the boat when your team's playing as well as they are? We'll talk more about this later in the week, certainly Thursday, which is, of course, deadline day. So assuming they haven't made a move before then, we'll talk about it on Thursday's show as well. I want to get into some defensive stuff, and then we'll look at the Bulls matchup. We'll do all that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks and placing some super bets. We watch the Super Bowl with the same people every year. It's a ton of fun. We sit down, I don't know, a couple hours before the Super Bowl starts, place all kinds of prop bets, uh, and of course, you know, find that spot on the couch, find that beverage, find those snacks and that dinner that you're going to have during the Super Bowl. Uh, but FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with the W or two or three or more. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for You guessed it, these prop bets that I'm talking about, which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored overall, and so much more. New customers, join today. You'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. The NBA trade deadline is fast approaching. It's this Thursday, as we've already talked about on the show here today. Locked on Fantasy Basketball is your place for live reaction Thursday. That's 12 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Eastern. Subscribe to Locked on Fantasy Basketball on YouTube today so you don't miss Josh Lloyd breaking down every NBA trade with analysis and insight you can only get from Locked on Fantasy Basketball, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Um, Let's talk about some of this defensive stuff that I, I wanted to break down a little bit. And this is, I've done something similar to this a couple of times going back now, I don't know, six weeks or so around the holidays. Uh, and I like to check in on this in between games, you know, in a non-post game pod, just like some historical context for just how dominant this defense has been. And we can look and we can say like, oh, okay, well, you know, uh, compared to last year's best defensive team. But like, I think the yearly ranking matters because the type, and that the, the um, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, how prolific 
offenses are from year to year changes and the way that defenses are played changes, right? Like, um, you know, whether it be the, the three point revolution or, you know, the kind of the James Harden, like, uh, free throw parade revolution and, you know, the ice defense that Tom Thibodeau made popular. And that's been kind of phased, you know, the zone defense coming back. Like there's all these different phases and almost many eras when it comes to offense and defense in the league. And I think the context of year to year matters a lot with how good these defenses are. So I mentioned this kind of in passing on the postgame pod on Monday that the Timberwolves have a their margin, um, or I should say their their defensive efficiency has a margin over the second best defense so far this season of greater than two points. I'm going to pull the exact number here. Uh, but the second best defense in the league so far this season is the Cleveland Cavaliers. And the Timberwolves have a, according to cleaning the glass, I'm going to use cleaning the glass because uh, they take out garbage time. They take out heaves at the end of quarters. So their numbers are a bit a bit more accurate, in my opinion, the basketball reference for, for this at least. The Timberwolves have a defensive efficiency that's 2.6 points per possession, uh, or I should say points per 100 possessions, better than the Cleveland Cavaliers, who are number two. Okay, 2.6 points better. To find the last time that a team had a margin that's that good, you have to go back eight years to the San Antonio Spurs from the 2015-16 season. That was a 67-win Spurs team, 67-15 and 15 that year. That was the last time that a team had a better than 2.6 point margin over the second best defense in the league. Okay. Now I know the season's not over. I get that, but we're 50 games in now. Okay. We're at the 50 game mark for the wolves. We're, we're, you know, not quite two thirds of the way there, but we'll be two thirds basically at the all-star break. Right now think about, I mentioned that on yesterday's show, on Monday's show. Check this out. Only three times or let me say it this way. The Timberwolves right now are top 10. They're actually top eight in all four of the four factors on defense, okay? They're first in effective field goal percentage. They're seventh in opponent turnover rate or seventh in defensive turnover rate, sixth in opponent offensive rebound rate slash defensive rebound rate, and eighth in free throw rate defensively, okay? So they're top eight in all four four factors. They're the only team in the league that's top 10 in all four and there actually really aren't any teams that are close. Like Boston's three out of four, but they're 28th in turnover rate. They don't turn opponents over hardly at all. Okay. I went all the way back as far as cleaning the glass goes to the 2003-2004 season. So that goes back 20 years. Only three times in 20 years has there been another team that finished the season in the top 10 of all four defensive four factors. Okay. And the Wolves aren't just top 10, they're top eight in all four. The last time was the 2011-12 season. So going back 12 years, the Atlanta Hawks, which by the way, were a 40 and 42 team. So not even an above 500 team. They actually had the league's seventh best defense. This is an anomaly anyway. But they that was the last time a team had the, was in the top 10 in all four, four factors. It was the 2011-2012 Atlanta Hawks. The number seven defense overall, a 40-win team, but just barely in the top 10 in effective field goal percentage, turnover rate, rebound rate, and free throw rate. Before that, the, uh, if I could read my own writing, the Cleveland Cavaliers, 2008, 2009, actually wrote this on a notepad instead of typed it out for some reason today. Uh, the Cavs, 08 and 09, Cleveland Cavaliers, number one in defense, 66 win team, and that they were in the top 
10 in all four four factors. And then the 04-05 Spurs, a 59-win team that also was number one in defense, was in the top 10 in all four four factors on defense. By the way, none of them were in the top eight for all four four factors. Now, obviously, you know, I'm split. There were a couple times where teams were like top 10 for three of the four and were 11th in the other one. But the point here is the Wolves are top eight in all four 50 games in. Will that hold? I don't know. At this point, they'd have to really collapse to not be number one in effective field goal percentage. The next best effective field goal percentage is over a point worse than the Timberwolves. The league average is 55.1%. The Wolves have a defensive effective field goal percentage of 51.3%, nearly four points better than the league average. Uh, you know, some of the other ones are close, right? Like turnover rate, they're actually tied with Oklahoma City for first, but, or I'm sorry, not for first. Uh I read that wrong. They're actually tied for six or tied for seventh in turnover rate. They could easily fall out there, right? They could fall out in rebound rate. So I'm not like, I'm comparing a 50 game sample to a full season, but we're nearly two thirds of the way there. And again, it's the context that matters is how rarely we've seen defenses that are truly dominant in the past 20 years, right? And that's what this Wolves defense has been so far this season. Number one with a bullet. In defensive efficiency, 2.6 points per possession. It's been eight years since the team has been that much better than the second best defense. Okay? Number one, an effective field goal percentage. I think that context is super important, and I think um, it's certainly something I'm going to monitor here as we move forward. I'm going to bring this up every couple of weeks here and just kind of, I really wanted to talk about it after they held Houston to 90 points on, what was it, 34%, 35% shooting on Sunday. So anyway, all right, let's close by talking Wolves-Bulls. We'll take a peek ahead at the schedule for the Wolves. We'll do all that here next to close out the show. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is sponsored by our friends at BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest. Big or small, certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased in your life. Today, I'll tell you how I really feel about something. You might even be thinking about the same thing this week, and I know it seems trivial, but hey, any little thing can set anyone off. And uh, I talked a little bit about this yesterday, but for me, it's the disrespect that Rudy Gobert gets league-wide, NBA Twitter, uh, you know, wherever. I, In fact, just today, I kind of like hate went down a, a thread of, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like hate watching, but I just like started clicking on these threads on Twitter of people talking about how Rudy shouldn't get defensive player of the year. It's just nuts. He's the odds-on favorite. He's quarterbacking the the dominant defense I just talked about. He's been the guy for top defenses multiple times. He's already won a couple defensive players of the year awards, and he's going to win it again this year. But it drives me nuts that people refuse to give him his due. Um, It's, he's not a, you know, he's not a quote-unquote system quarterback or whatever that equivalent would be, a system defender in the NBA. It's ridiculous. Um, now, therapy looks different for everyone, and most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team or perhaps just ranting about Rudy Gobert and how unfairly people treat him online. But hey, they do. Still, it's important to get things off your chest every once in a while, even if it is something that feels as trivial as your favorite sports team like the Timberwolves or your favorite player or whatever that might be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, consider giving BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockdownNBA to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockdownNBA. All right, let's look at this Wolves-Bulls matchup. It's the first time we've seen the Chicago Bulls so far this year. Of course, old friend Zach Levine, unfortunately, is out for the season. There were all those trade rumors with him, and he's now out for the year. 
Uh, the Bulls are otherwise relatively healthy. I mean, they don't have Patrick Williams. He's been out for about a week, and he's still going to be out. Uh, of course, Lonzo Ball's been out all year, but that's pretty much it. Otherwise, I mean, they've got, you know, all the other... They've got a pretty deep roster. Um, they're 23-27 and 27 coming into the game, coming off a loss to the Kings. Obviously, DeRozan, Vucevic, um, you know, Caruso, Kobe White. Like, it's a starting lineup. Uh, Io DeSunmu... Uh, Andre Drummond off the bench, Javon Carter, who I just talked about. I wanted the Wolves to get him in the offseason. Like, this is a solid roster, um, and they just haven't had a good season. Now, I mean, the the way that the roster was put together, like, that's a whole other conversation, and, um, you know, that could have been done differently. Uh, but all that to say, like, they've been a pretty good defensive team, pretty middle of the pack all year. They have not been good offensively. Um you know, last time out in that Kings game, they were they hung around. Um, they were down double digits at halftime, but they had a good third quarter and and made things somewhat interesting late. Um, DeRozan, Vucevic, and White all scored more than twenty, all scored twenty four plus in this game. So you worry a little bit if you're the Wolves about Vucevic on the offensive glass. Overall, as a team, though, Chicago is not. You know, they're not exactly world beaters on the offensive glass. They're 18th at offensive rebound rate on basketball reference. Uh, but Vucevic is the guy, obviously, you want to watch. Um, no Patrick Williams helps in that regard if you're Minnesota. The biggest concern for me is that uh, Chicago is fourth in defensive turnover rate. So remember, consecutive games against OKC, not this last time when they won in OKC, but the two games against the Thunder before that, Oklahoma City turned the Wolves over 21 times in each of those games, and Oklahoma City's number one in defensive turnover rate. Uh, Chicago's number four. They turned teams over to 13.1% clip defensively. The Wolves are still dead last in terms of offensive turnovers. Uh, well, according to Basketball Reference, according to Cleaning the Glass, they're 28th. Either way, they're bad, right? They turn it over on more than 15% of their offensive possessions. Besides that, as we've talked about on the show before, they shoot the ball well, they get to the line a lot, they've been doing a little bit better on the offensive glass here lately. Like, if the Wolves don't turn it over, they're a pretty middle-of-the-pack offense, or actually a little better than middle-of-the-pack. When they actually, you know, um, when they don't turn it over, like, put simply. That's the one thing that concerns me here. Now, you could say that every single game, like, hey, if the Wolves don't turn it over, they should win this game. That's basically always the case. But against a, a, a below 500 team like Chicago, it's a much bigger deal because you should have a margin for error in this game. You could do other things poorly and still win this game because Chicago isn't all that good, right? Uh, you just can't turn it over a ton. And that's kind of it. Like you look back at Chicago's wins, at least, you know, going back to, uh, you know, right around Christmas, they had a bit of a bump after Levine went out the first time. They beat the Lakers. They beat the Sixers in there. Uh, I think that was an Embiid-less game. They beat Atlanta. actually beat the Sixers twice. But since the first of the year, the only teams they've beaten are is Charlotte twice, San Antonio, Toronto, uh, actually Charlotte three times, Toronto, Portland, Memphis without John Morant. Uh, they did beat Houston in overtime in there, but that's it, right? They're only beating other below 500 teams. They've lost big to um, you know the Lakers. Uh, they also lost to the Raptors. They just lost to the Kings. They got blown up by the Knicks. They got blown up by the Sixers, right? So this is a team that the Wolves should be able to beat. I think they're they're five and a half point favorites over at FanDuel. Um, it is the first game of a road trip coming off a big win against Houston on Sunday. Um, I, like, I think the Wolves will win this game. I think they'll win it fairly easily. I actually don't mind the matchup. Now, Chicago's happy to shoot mid range jumpers, right? They've got Demar Derozan. Uh, well, they don't have Zach Levine right now, but like they're happy to shoot mid range jumpers. The Wolves are more than happy to allow them, right? Uh, I talked about this a couple weeks, and maybe it was even last week. The Wolves allow more 
mid-range jumpers than basically any other team. And that's by design, right? The Wolves will, are, will gladly play Rudy and drop and, uh, you know, have these guys shoot, uh, you know, shoot mid-range jumpers all night long. And so that's likely what we'll see here. It's just a matter of how open are those jumpers and how well do the Wolves rebound the basketball? Um, and also on the other end, can the Wolves avoid turnovers? That's the biggest thing for me in this game. Um, after this Bulls game, the Timberwolves stay on the road. They go to Milwaukee on Thursday. So they're at Chicago, at Milwaukee. Then they'll come home for the weekend because they don't play again until Monday night in LA. So they'll come home after the Thursday night game against the Bucks. They'll get Friday, Saturday off, Sunday off. I'm sure they'll travel to LA on Sunday. They play the Clippers Sunday, or excuse me, Monday night. That's a 9.30 p.m. Central tip on NBA TV. And then consecutive games in Portland. That first game is the second night of a back-to-back against the Clippers. So a five-game road trip with a stop in Minnesota in between. It's it's a road they should I said this yesterday they should go three and two they really should go four and one on this trip um, I'd love to think they could win win one of at Bucks at Clippers and then sweep the rest of the games and uh, that leads right into the All Star break so uh, as I said yesterday no home games until February twenty third they need to get off on the right foot on this road trip at Chicago here on Tuesday night a very very winnable game we'll have the live postcast for you at Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel we'll also have the audio for you here at Locked On Wolves the audio feed. Uh, I believe it'll be our friend Jack Borman from Canis Hoopis and Luke Inman will be on the live postcast. I'll have the postgame pod on Wednesday for you, uh, so be sure to tune into that. And then, of course, Thursday, we'll get you ready for uh, Wolves-Bucks Thursday night, the first time we've seen Milwaukee this year, and also the trade deadline Thursday afternoon, so we'll go through any more rumors on that show as well as we lead into the deadline on Thursday afternoon. All right, that's all we have for you today here on the show. A big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on Roku and Amazon Fire TV, and you can follow on X at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K and of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts in all the biggest stories. Also, a reminder that Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.